0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast on the eve of Senior Day. We are here to discuss everything up to that point. Of course, the awful game that was in Peoria just the other day. As we've said before, it was sort of beforehand that it was you – know, it was honestly one that didn't matter in the end. And we'll we'll just touch on some things of the, the bad things of that game. There's really no positives from it, honestly. But, of course, we'll preview the Panthers at the end and what is – we'll get to it, the, how big this game is for the long haul of a lot of different things. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And know it's crazy how fast this season went by. You know, we were getting through football. Next thing you know, full-speed basketball – just knowing when it started in November and how this season is clearly gone. We're already to the last game of the regular season, five days away from March Madness. I want to say, I looked on my Snapchat stories. It was, we were there uh, a year ago. Right now we were in our hotel live by Lowe's and it's just crazy. But like I said, five days away, we're ever so close. Can't believe it's already almost over what's going on.
1: Yeah, definitely has flown by once uh Really, once you turn that page from non-conference to conference play and you it's been a roller coaster of a season. And here we are with um, it's came down to it playing for seating. Um, and obviously, yeah, one Wednesday night, you want to really want to flush it and get back to it, obviously. But um, excited for tomorrow, senior day, hopefully a big time crowd.
0: Yeah. That's what we're hoping, you know, one o'clock that it is maybe, and hopefully the biggest crowd of the year, it can be a tough ask, but if people know the, how big it is that, you know, perhaps they will, but uh, yeah, massive day. Um, and we'll we'll get around the league too, because as you said, the seating, and, and that's why it's of course the big game. It's not only just the last game senior day you want to play well, we know what's at stake. So we'll dive into that. Uh, but let's quickly and shortly just dive into what went wrong in Peoria. I mean, uh, of course, Clarence is back full speed in the starting lineup. And we, we said before, this game means nothing. You know, if you win it, it's great because there was something for it. It was okay. If, if we win and beat Bradley, we tie. And then they lose at Drake potentially. And we beat you and I were the three seed. And, of course, we were talking the seeding wise. Like, well, maybe we don't even want the three seed. But that was kind of the only thing that was at stake in that regard. But we know it didn't matter. Um and, you know, this game was – they they went back to their ways before the three-game winning streak when they were losing however many of whatever we were saying. There's no way this team's playing their best basketball. They keep talking about it. When are they going to do it? And, of course, they had been doing it for three games. And then, of course, you go into Carver Arena where you haven't won since the COVID year. You know, of course, had to win one of those games. And that was a year we beat Bradley a couple times. And it takes something like that. We know how hard it is to win there. And – you know the biggest thing of this of this game that was so ugly and you know for, <clears throat> just from what if you rewatched it you said you might have recently because you were working really late barely got to watch any of it you were listening to it but of course me watching it it's like these turnovers and turnovers and the lack of defensive rebounding we know Bradley's have been a gr- awesome rebounding team you know under Brian Wardle and the size that they have, but we've been a good rebounding team all season too. So, you know, it was in the back of your mind about what could happen and the effort on some of these things, you know, the, the lack, you know, they wanted it more. They would go, you know, sometimes there'd be long rebounds and you couldn't do anything about it, I guess per se, but sometimes there'd be a lot of watching and then they'd get up. So that was bad, of course. And the rebounding part of it and whatever the stats were, but, the 14 turnovers and I've never seen turnovers like what we have done this season. It's can't even throw the ball to a teammates. It's dribbling off your foot. That's been happening, but the inability to throw it, just, you know, get into a play, a simple play, of course, not even get a shot off. And you're throwing it to the defender. You're making a hard pass. There is an example of one of them that AJ was throwing the inbounds pass to Troy and you just do it out of bounds. Troy didn't really try for it. It's just stuff like that. There's multiple, multiple more. Those were, I think, the biggest negatives of the game, Noah, because there was only a 10-point game at half. We were treading water. The biggest story, of course, was X having 3,000 the first half. His third one was just abysmal. Can't happen. But, again, Noah, from just the overall scope, if you rewatched it, what you listened to, were, those were the biggest takeaways to me and the negatives. There weren't a whole lot of positives. I guess AJ's performance, you could say, but when X got his third foul in the first half, you kind of knew. And, again, we're only down 10, but it just wasn't his game. They were hitting shots. You wouldn't really expect them to. Just typical things you would expect on a senior day and stuff I guess we expect tomorrow. but. And you're rewatching, listening, you know, what what went wrong in your eyes in this game Then clearly the obvious?
1: Yeah, obviously uh, going into a senior day and playing where uh, I think it wasn't a, a very – I mean, it was just a normal crowd for them. I think it was just over 6,100, so not overly too big. Like, I kind of expected – we kind of expected it to be, but um, them going against four four bigs in their starting lineup, and obviously going into our lineup, Clarence Rupert, back in the starting lineup, only played 11 minutes. Um, I I didn't – I don't understand what they're doing there. Obviously, the way Clarence um, is going the last couple weeks that – he doesn't if he's going to play minimal minutes he doesn't need to be in the lineup you need to start start jared or scotty like you had been and and jared had another good game i mean in only 17 minutes 15 points uh him and aj led the way but yeah the, the small the just you, you mentioned it the turnovers i mean six of 22 from three if you're going to shoot 27 percent um in the second half i mean it, it just showed obviously x was in foul trouble but Second half, watching re watching that, it. I mean, they what didn't they get that they wanted? I mean, they went, they ended up being shooting 61% from the field, 60 from three, and they got the line 12 times and knocked down nine of those. I mean, in the second half, it just it's shown where in a lot of some games that we've been wearing down, and um, that that defense we preach has it just goes away at some at some times, but just. Another, another struggle shooting nine. I mean, Trent Brown one for seven again, um, Troy still stepping up. He only had 10 points, but he kept you, kept you around there in that first half for the most part. You're lucky to only be down 10 in that first half, but, um, Kelly self wasn't good. The referee in this game, Luke and Rodney were all over them a lot listening to the game while I was finishing up work. But, um, yeah, not a lot of positives, but I mean, Jared and AJ continue to make strides and, uh, it's not really a positive because you want them in the game, but X being in foul trouble, he plays a plays a season low minutes, twenty eight minutes. Yeah, and it and that's what we said beforehand. And of
0: course, X was actually playing down the stretch. When we were down twenty, so okay. If you want to like just get these guys, you know, because they'll be off for a couple of days in front of a big game, you don't want them to sit. You know, get I don't even know. I you really can't even defend it. You said it before the game, and you said if we're losing big and there's you know under four timeout, under eight timeout if our starters aren't pulled, then obviously it's a massive mistake. And it was, you know, so, so much that we had to, you know, make a tweet about take X out. You're down 20. It was honestly unbelievable. Yeah. He set the final six or so because of that. And that is the positive that he got to rest a little bit. That is something Brian was asked in the post game before the radio messed up. They didn't even have much of a, of a post game show on the radio. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if if Clarence if he's gonna play, I feel like if he's coming off the bench, you know he he has obviously we know his skill set what he can bring but if he's not as best either he's you know and he's not sick anymore but he had been dealing with they were talking about how big of a trooper he is and he is. but uh you know so you so your bench is as deep as you want it to be that it's okay to actually bring those other guys off the bench but Clarence just has to bring you more. I mean he had two assists in the game, he got twice. Uh, and, of course, scored. He made, he made both of his free throws, so that's, of course, a positive sign. So, I think they can still keep doing it. You know, we've always been in favor of switching things up. So many other teams make starting lineup changes to get a different flow going, and clearly it's too late to mess with all those kind of things. But that's probably clearly how they're going to keep it the rest of the way. So, with X being a foul trouble, Trey Miller, of course, came, played in six minutes, had an assist, had a turnover, uh, just, you know, he was playing – He's playing perfect. I mean, he I say perfect. He was playing just, you know, mistake free for the most part. He was taking care of the ball, defending, wasn't doing anything wrong. It's the stuff that we know he can come in and do. You know, he's quick, he's strong, he can do all those things. Uh, and then he did have the one turnover, but he kind of just lost the ball and you know, around the baseline. And even you said the refs at that play, pretty sure Duke Dean stepped out of bounds. There are multiple plays back and forth, of course, fouls, but there is one where um Hickman was driving nobody even swiped at him he lost the ball off his leg on the baseline and then like ran into like a straight up defender and they like, ended up calling a foul that it was stuff like that 100 percent, kelly self and all of them deserved you know and how bad they were but other than that i mean um yeah troy can, does continue to play well he yeah he, uh, he he sparked in that first half and then didn't do much in the second uh you know Kennard had a couple nice plays but um yeah jared he, he is i know I just recall, you know, the 15 points, zero points, 15 points, you know, he's been, <laughs> but you know, if he, if he breaks out and do a lot, does a lot of different things, so be it, of course he needs to be out there and, you know, you don't have a deep enough team to where if your ultimate garbage time, you couldn't, that's like, I would have brought in Sheridan, I would have brought him whatever, I get it if you want to leave some guys in to keep in the flow, uh, but Jared made a crazy play off the, like the wing at the top of the key. Drove left and dunked on it. It was actually a nasty play. It's that those kind of plays that stick out. But of course, dog, uh, <clears throat> dog of the game is AJ. I would say they they for sure took advantage of their um, positions. I mean, they ended up playing so many guys. <laughs> Just looking at it, but that uh, small forward position that I that I was saying we need to take advantage of, and AJ did. I mean, he did a lot of garbage time stuff. You know, but he was rebounding, had nine rebounds, a lot of them offensive, and had sixteen. Um, so he, he, of course, was the only other bright spot. I mean, when Connor Linky was banking in free throw jumpers and Darius Hanna hit a three, you know, you told me after that it was his first three of his career. And that does not surprise me with his senior day. So that's pretty much it. You know, we're not going to dive too. We're just going to talk about the things that have, of course, went wrong in a 19 point loss that, again, it's, it's not how you want to play before this massive game coming up, the team you're playing is, you know, the total opposite in terms of momentum and such, but Brian even deemed this one quote, we didn't play winning basketball, the level of execution wasn't there, and that's my fault. Too many turnovers and giving up offensive rebounding. They get 40 points on those two things, end quote. So yeah. Again, they it was a game you definitely want to watch and you're moving on, but it's just how you're playing. You that's just again, it's it's not great going into this final game and beyond. So know your final thoughts if you have any on this. Uh, And then go ahead and dive into the games and then talk about the upcoming games. Everyone plays tomorrow, and there's a couple good ones, clearly. And uh, pretty much first place, it can matter in some facets of who shares what if some of those guys lose. But clearly our game is the biggest one of the day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, the Valley scheduled it like they did last year, Drake Bradley on the final day. But um, diving in, what happened, we know Valpo was on the road at you and I on Tuesday night when we were talking and I mentioned that late in that podcast that there was no Schweiger uh or Connor Barrett in that game. And uh and I takes care of business to tie tie us in the standings. Sixty eight, sixty four. Uh Bowen Bourne had twelve points. Titan Anderson eleven and eleven. Campbell nine and seven heist seven points quiet. Cole Henry, Landon Wolf really making strides off that bench. Uh if he would have been doing that off the bench all year long, he'd be on, on an all bench team or something, or a potential sixth man of the year kind of thing. But um, Jerome Palm, steady game, 14 and four. He's he's done scored double digits in the back last two games. Uh, Sep the freshman nine points, 11 rebounds. So Stafford they held him to nine points. Uh, Jahari Williamson 13 points off the bench for the freshman. Then on Wednesday night. Um, Indiana State went on the road to Evansville to win 85-67. Robbie Avila got everything he wanted. Career high, 35 points. So his career high is no longer is against us. He had 35 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Ryan Conwell, 15. Kent didn't even score. Larry, eight. Swope, 11. Bledson at 12 off the bench. And for Evansville, Hummercalf, seven. Strawbridge had a good game on senior day. His last game at the Ford Center, 14 points. Tanner Cuff had 10 off the bench. Drake, what a game they had. Probably game of the night. What they had in Chicago, UIC, including us, they played, they beat you and I there. They took Indiana State to the last couple minutes. Um, now they take Drake, the triple overtime. They let this one get away, though. Drake holds on 107, 105. Tucker DeVries, 39 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, Overton at 18. Garland, 14 off the bench uh, for UIC, 18 for Schoenball, 31 for O'Connor. I'd say that is his career high as well. Rivera had 19 and 12. So Yaklich uh, uh, has made I know there's not a lot of fans there, but Joklitsch has got those guys to play anybody very tough when they go play in Chicago. Missouri State and a really good game. at Illinois State, also a really good game. But Johnny Kinziger, buzzer beater to lift the, the Redbirds over the Bears. Um, really good game for Johnny. Again, 20 points. Poindexter had 20. Um, they're still without Burford. Um, but their tweet didn't mention Lieb. He didn't play in this game, but um wonder if he's on his way back. Austin Mason at 21, Clay 21, Benson 20, and Mayo 12. That's the only four guys that scored. Chance Moore was for Matthew Lee for, and the other guys just don't score enough and play enough to matter. So Illinois State staying hot. Then Belmont, the one we were watching the most. Belmont on the road at Murray State needed the racers to come through, and they – I mean they just run into a buzzsaw, which is the Belmont Bruins and 8361 win for Casey Alexander and his squad, 25 for Malik Dia, 19 and 10 for Kay Tyson. Um for Rob Perry had 14 and 8. They did not get Brian Moore back yet. So that's something to look into tomorrow. I assume they'll hold him out as long as possible. Maybe get him back for the tournament, maybe not. Then diving in to the big day, the final Sunday. Of the regular season in the Valley, starting with UIC at Missouri State, um, Senior Day for those Bears. A lot of Donovan Clay's last game. Um, a lot of people wondering, I seen a tweet that is this la- the last game uh, for Dana Ford in a Missouri State coaching to them. That's it's definitely possible. Um, then Illinois State at Valpo. Illinois State staying hot, going into Valpo. Bradley at Drake on ESPN2 at 2.30. Murray State at Indiana State. And um, come on, Evansville. Evansville at Belmont. Uh, We got to root for Evansville, but that's too much of a buzzsaw down there in Nashville. So um, our game is the biggest to watch. Obviously, Bradley and Drake has stuff on the line. um, But definitely ours playing for that bye is the biggest game of the day in everybody's opinion.
0: No doubt. And even going back to those previous games that, as we talked, Schwieger wasn't even in the game to help with the fight. I mean, Valpo ended up covering, but of course, couldn't give them that extra fight at all. Yes. Counting on Murray too much. Again, if you, if you rely on others to try to help you out, uh, it's never going to work out and they got, they got destroyed at home by, that's probably their worst loss at home since SMU. I want to say, Back in the non-conference, that's just off the top of my head. They haven't lost that bat at home in a while. Um, yeah, Johnny, you know, solidifying himself in that Illinois State game. Missouri State only had four guys even score. But Johnny hitting that huge shot in the half court for the buzzer beater. And then, uh, yeah, the that is crazy how UIC plays those games. It, it shows, and even on the March to the Arch, Nick McCarger, one of the biggest fans on Drake, you know, it's just from the horse's mouth of those guys – that uh, they don't, he doesn't think Drake's clearly playing their best, and he's skittish going into the tournament as it is. And of course, they have that big game tomorrow. But uh, <clears throat> who's the UIC? And again, that's a team based off of what you said there. We'll be rooting for Evansville at Belmont because if we somehow lose tomorrow, and Belmont were to lose, clearly we get the five. You know, at all costs, you want to try to avoid. We well, even if I guess if you were the five, you'd get a UI. You get a UIC if you were a six, you get a whatever that. Uh, the the placement of all that stuff is. But just knowing that a team like that that has that confidence can actually, you know, go in and surprise people going to the tournament and leave a lot of, uh, you know, skittishness ourselves. But yeah, besides our game, for sure, it's besides Evansville-Belma, which, which is, you know, the latest game of the day, uh, it's Indiana State. If they win versus for Brian moore Liz murray which they should at home in their senior day for what it's worth the amounts that they even have, uh, they'll, they'll win the, uh, cause they have a game lead. They'll win the outright regular season. Josh would stay with Andy Katz. Of course they're waiting for that. Uh, they didn't do anything with that in their previous game, knowing that they would have a share. Uh, and then Drake and they should be an amazing game on ESPN too. For that, we both think Drake would solidify themselves in that game as well. So of course the standings are what they are. Um, uh, you know, they, again, that game lead near the top, the two games on us it's a three-way tie of course for the fourth spot Uh, Illinois State and Murray you know Illinois State gets an easier game than Murray does so Illinois State could solidify themselves in seven they have the tiebreaker then they swept Murray anyway uh so they would have anyway so a lot of things so yeah about eight you know 80 percent of what's uh, here down the stretch is already solidified besides our game and net quickly we went down four spots to 107. Northern Iowa went down two spots, even with how hot they've been. They haven't, you know, recently they haven't beat anybody, of course. Just in the last game, we know, of course, the Drake and Bradley games before that. Um, Belmont went up eight spots. They're only two spots behind you and I at 123. So those are the three to matter, of course, tiebreaker-wise. But uh, but knowing that Belmont has a great chance to win and that uh, all Northern Iowa has to do is win and then we fall to six, as we know. We'll talk about that again near the end. Uh, but no before that we um let's talk about recruiting you know Marcus had a big, big game today we'll save that but talk about just the stuff that's recently came out refreshing some people's memories on some guys uh, but we know Anthony Gauss is headed to the final four he actually plays his game tonight at seven he's been dominating we'll be keeping up with that when I talk about on the next one as well one of our highest rated recruits and one that seems likely as we've said no we'll talk about a Juco player and a 2025 player that we've known about for a while that just recent posts that were, you know, of course, of our interest Uh, that of course, you know, players we like and who knows with a lot of stuff, but it came to our attention again.
1: Yeah. uh The Juco guy, 6'9 forward. We talked about him before Angelo Winkle at a Des Moines area. Juco um, finished the regular season 27 and three. Uh, Liberty, Weber, he got a Weaver State offer the other day, South Dakota, USI, teams like that. Uh, about 13 points a game, shooting about 28% from three. Um, at his size, it's uh, definitely one that's kind of where you're at, at that spot. He's more of a four, like Troy and Jarrett. Um, interesting, but if you're going length and be able to have some depth at that position next year and play maybe Troy more at that three level and we go bigger kind of like Bradley does with when they go the Atlas in Hannah and Leon's lineup, that would be interesting to watch, but that's one to watch out for. Then the other one is a, a 2025 kid. Um, he's from the, he's from Georgia as well. So, um, whoever's got the connection down there, um, they're doing their thing, but his name is KJ Garris. Um, he had 30 points, five rebounds, three assists. The other, the other night in the Georgia high school, D1 Elite Eight, so he plays for Mount Vernon, Georgia down there. Um, this is a guy that they've been following. He has offers from Georgia State, Kennesaw, Old Dominion, and us. We got to follow for the next year or so. Um, he plays for the Georgia Stars on the EYBL. All our guys follow him. I mean, Maman, Brendan, Brian. So, definitely a guy they've zeroed in for next year's class. Um, definitely has a good GPA, 6'5", combo guard. Originally from Chicago, so bringing him back closer to home after his senior year down there um, would be a big time. So And, yeah, following Anthony, it's, he's got his game tonight. It's going to be interesting um, if they win that. They run into um, – kind of a buzzsaw with uh the always lethal and feel like they win a georgia state high school championship every year and uh, mckeetron who has i mean their best player this year is the number one player in georgia is a five-star ace bailey going to rutgers um they have some other three stars the one going to Cal and stuff like that so that'd be if they win that then they get to play on mckeetron that's really going to be interesting to follow that for anthony because that's a big-time matchup with some really good players so uh, a lot going on trying to follow recruiting but until the season obviously ends and see what they're looking at obviously with portal that that's going to be the fun time in recruiting
0: yeah and we've and we have been saying a lot recently of you know of course that we we love portal season we love off season we love just the additions and seeing where everything happens so we're excited for that of course before this season or after this season ends uh keeping up with that but even uh, well, you said it there. I mean, if if Anthony runs through all that with Ace Bailey, then I would say, I would say you do whatever it takes to have him on the dotted line and get him to commit. And they're already on the doorstep of that. Anyway, he's been putting up awesome numbers. So again, some hard matchups here. If he can get the job done. I mean, Angela Winkle. Yeah, he's starting to rack up some, you know, some better teams on like the level of us just mid majors around the country. And he, we, we mentioned recently about, you know, cause I just, I love watching Hummer other day. It's like, if you can get a score at that size that has guard skills, you go do it. And Juco, you know, the, he's putting a monster rebounding numbers. Angelo is, and you know, that's someone that we would really like at That's, you know, we know we're, we're filled at big and you know, all, depending going into what next year would even look like. But even again, a guy that with that size that can do a lot of different things, uh, you know, it's he probably will end up going elsewhere, but he's a guy that's that we like a lot. And then, yeah, KJ Garrish you're right. And Chicago ties two years from now. We know a lot of the staff members. I those other, you know, those deeper classes, you know, into the future. But we've known KJ for a little bit, and we we like what he has to offer. So yeah, just some more to add to it. Um, and then quickly, former dogs, as I said earlier, Marcus. You know, pure domination. And back in Madison against Wisconsin, I'm sure it was always his dream to play for the Badgers. And he was back there, had a lot of family and friends this afternoon there, had 31 points, eight rebounds, shot 67% from three, and dominated. We know he, what he can do. He's been doing it all season for them. And at that level, it's crazy. If he backs you down, he's scoring. And he's, he was lethal in the half court. T, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. was lethal in transition. They're one of the best duos in the country. But, again, Marcus putting up that against the Badgers is great to see. Uh, You know, it should almost solidify him on all, you know, we were talking earlier about what the Big Ten does as a team. They do do five guys, but they end up doing honorable mention. Stuff like that. Marcus should for sure make the first team because he's been there all season putting up these numbers. And if they finish second in the Big Ten, of course, he's going to have to be on there. Someone's going to have to, and it will be him. So, great game from Marcus and as we know his next game on Tuesday is hosting Lance and Purdue of course that game's on peacock should be on the the biggest tv possible the biggest network possible but of course we'll be we'll be glued to that one and then quickly we know JD Moore has been dominating overseas and his season's officially over and he was an all-star in Norway's uh, basketball league averaged about 20 points 14 rebounds and four assists in 28 games Again, we've said before, these guys leave, they end up doing great things. And I would love to see tape. I want to say he posted highlights not too long ago. We might have retweeted it. Uh, but, Noah, that again, that doesn't surprise us. We know it was maybe in there for J.D., untapped potential over his college career of offense. And we know when he comes here, he thrives defensively and what we like to do, didn't get a chance offensively. We'd love to have him on this team. Um but that's great. No, again, we wouldn't expect that. Your your thoughts on it if you do. And then go ahead and dive into, of course, this massive game tomorrow and senior day with, a, with clearly so much on the line.
1: Yeah, it's big time. Uh, yeah, I mean, J.D., I mean, just seeing, obviously, him being healthy, staying healthy for a couple of years, just seeing his Instagram posts and the way his body has transformed. And like I said, him – getting a couple years healthy is just unreal and him being able to just go over there and dominate at his size and just incredible to see and congrats to him. And yeah, I mean, obviously diving in to the big game tomorrow, the UNI Panthers, everybody knows what's online. Everybody's talking about it. It's, it's win, and you get a, you get to play on Friday, guaranteed, you lose, um, you're, you're going you're going to be the sixth seed and have to play against UIC on Thursday night because it's, it's, that's not a good recipe, but diving into everybody knows the you and I Panthers coming in and Ben Jacobson, what they do. Uh, we know our struggles when we go on the road up there, but it's a big time senior day for our guys. Um, but Bowen Bourne's not as not, not the same guy he has been. I mean, he was predicted to be all conference first team and he's not, not been that guy he's just he's not healthy he's like X he's playing not healthy not 100 and it, it definitely shows but they have other guys that step up Titan Anderson's been big done the last two weeks it's it shows you a veteran like that has finally shown it's it's time to click and let's go and he's been scoring double digits and rebounding Absolutely, incredibly. So um, we know Jacob Hudson. He was on Loyola, made Final Four runs. Nate Heiss has been big for them this year. Um, Ty Campbell, the the sophomore, has been very big. And like I said earlier, Landon Wolf stepped up off the bench. Cole Henry is always a very good big option off the bench. So many other guys that they're just deep. We've talked about this is probably the deepest team in the league. And if they can get guys to click, it's very tough very tough to compete with. So, and they're playing pretty well coming in here. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. It's a big time game. Obviously you do not, like I said, you win, you get the four and most likely you see Belmont uh, on Friday because they'll, if they win, they get the five seed. Um, There's no chance of you and I holding on. Um, So basically the loser of our game the Luther Var game goes to the six, unfortunately, and has to play UIC on Thursday, which out of any other teams playing on Thursday, I'd rather not play – I guess you could say Illinois State at this point, but I'd rather not play UIC. Yeah, we've been saying that. I mean, them are Valpo. Valpo's healthy. They've given us
0: struggles in their own way too. It's like I don't think anyone would be scared of them. But, again, and Roger Powell said it in one of the teleconference here, like on paper we got nothing to play for. So imagine them or UIC going in there, knowing like our backs are against the wall. We're going to go all out and no telling how teams can shoot in that gym. We, we, we've seen it before. So yeah, avoiding all that. You're right. Loser gets to sit this is all depending if Belmont wins, which they have by a 95% chance. To win. we know Evansville's a, you know, a fine team in that regard, but Belmont's at home. So we expect them to win and get the five. It stinks that they have nothing to play for with the four. Uh, you know, so because it, it, tiebreakers don't go there, you know, aren't there, go their way and such. But uh winner the four, loser the six, and they're red hot. They've won at least four of the last five. Again, they've been beaten. They lost uh, at Illinois State in a game that at the time we were like, you know, that, you know, that's a huge, a huge loss you know, for us, and then, but they beat Bradley. You know, they controlled that game most of the way, and then they controlled the Drake game for the most part, ended up winning by 14, and then, they, of course, controlled this previous game. They're just red hot. It's what Ben Jacobson-led teams do this time of year, and it's crazy because they've even had their own up-and-down season. You know, they've got their overall record looking, you know, fine at this point. They score 73. They allow 71. So not a great defensive team. Yeah, Trey Campbell and Nate Heights are by far their best defenders. Hudson's good. You know, down low just because he's a big body. But yeah, he's been making threes. There was a stat, I think Tony Sageti's or Nick McCarter or somebody on that pod said he had made 10 all season up until this previous game, a game at the game against Drake, and he made three in that game. So if he's obviously stretching it, it's you know, of course, they makes them even more lethal. The depth you mentioned, Landon Wolf's finally playing how he was expected for sure. We've talked about Michael Duwax has our game circled because he did a third place, and he's barely done anything all year. They play so many guys. R.J. Taylor, Kyle Park, and Titan Anderson is playing really confidently. Like I said, he's kind of the emotional guy for them. So, of course, they look really good in the process coming in here. And, again, you had a bad game. They've been playing great. It's kind of the mix of whatever. But we know with our senior day, historically we've had success on these senior days. Remember last year we played you and I in the same game and destroyed and bone born was kind of beat up going into that. They kind of knew their standing, I suppose, going into last year's tournament, so they didn't risk playing him the rest of the way, and we blew him out. Uh, so, obviously, that's the biggest thing is, is what is at stake. And we know, uh, of course, Senior Day, the guys that are getting on tomorrow, of course, are is Trent Brown, who can get to the 140 mark for career games, which, of course, it's fitting that Senior Day is the last game of Banterra Center is the game he breaks Tony Young's record. Uh, that'll be great. Of course, X, Twitter, you know, it's his birthday yesterday. He deserves a pedestal tomorrow. And of course, Chris Cross has meant a lot to this program, uh, you know, through the years, of course. And then RJ McGee will be honored as well. The only four seniors on the roster. So, of course, it's a big day. The, the typical stuff around the league. And we, of course, expected big crowds. So, you know, we were talking earlier about a spread. We were thinking perhaps, uh, we were saying probably three and a half, four and a half hour way. I couldn't, I do not expect it any higher, and I might not expect it any lower. That seems about right if you think, unless it, it, it could very well be out as well. You might have it out. If you do, spill it and then give me your dog of the game and overall final thoughts.
1: Yeah, it is, it is out. It is four. So we're right okay. on the money again. Um, you can get SIU. If you don't live in the state and listen to us, you can get SIU at minus 179 right now. The over under is 138. Um, Obviously it's a it's a big game on senior day. Um a lot of guys that need to step up, but I think I think I gotta go with Trent Brown. Um usually I usually I usually I say this and usually it happens. He's coming off one for seven. That means it's time for a big game. It's his last one. It's it's he's gonna break a record and uh it's spitting. Um we need his shooting to and obviously he's got to play great defense on maybe Bill and Bourne chasing him around. So I'm going to go with Trent Brown. So it's a big time. Hopefully everybody everybody comes, comes out. It's, it's, it's going to be the biggest game of the season so far. And we want to find some kind of momentum headed into St. Louis and show that we're trying to start playing our better basketball, obviously before um, if we win Friday and get to watch, and get to sit back and relax on Thursday and see what happens. Cause uh, expecting uh, Belmont to win tomorrow. So if we, if we win, you get Belmont on Friday, most likely um at two 30.
0: Yeah. And we've said endlessly that this, we enjoy being able to do nothing on Thursday, but watch all the great games and we don't have to worry about playing that day. And there's nothing like that feeling. So, you know, if, Whatever the team would want, you know, they don't want to play that extra day, of course. That's why I think they'll pull out all the stops tomorrow, even with a hot team coming in. But for our sake, you know, we want to enjoy that weekend to the ultimate and it requires not playing on Thursday. We've been lucky for the five years under Brian that we haven't had to do that. So we're hoping that we, of course, you know, can get the job done. And, you know, I was saying, uh, or I've been saying that to me, this is the biggest game of Brian's career. We know uh just because all the, you know, how polarizing he is and his situation, how polarizing it is, nobody really knows. And of course there's rumblings and maybe there might not even be, hadn't even been discussions about, you know, his future, everything else or letting things play out. And, um, you know, I just think of course, knowing that that's on the line, I don't, if you have a chance to submit yourself as the four, he'll get second and coach of the year, if he can do it, uh, that means nothing to him, but I'm just saying in the, in the broader scope. And of course, you know, you've been, you've been around this position all season long and you've been so bad at home, you know, the mistakes you made at home, if you can make up for with this win, all of it means nothing. And you can end up finishing fourth. Like, you know, you're projected to the rest of the season. Do not lose this game for those reasons to show that you were not a good home team this year. And to show that you still cannot win the big games for that reason. And because, obviously his contract situation, everything else that could go into a future. This is by far the biggest game of his career because it's in this, it's in the moment and it's now. So we know that the team probably feels that kind of pressure. So we'll see what they got tomorrow. Um, and a quick look ahead of, uh, you know, we'll probably come to you guys Sunday evening after the game. We'll recap this and then we'll give our final award picks for the end of the season or for the league. Cause we know it comes out uh, early in the, in the coming week. And then we'll have our, arch madness preview with the discussion of what the awards actually were that'll be probably on that wednesday of course the day before we head up on thursday so that's a look ahead and of course yes we hope everybody shows out tomorrow and a huge game to honor the seniors and cement our spot in st louis we're really excited for it so for nick malone no alerts they gotta get the job done let's hope they do go dogs